0: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen
1: Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. The whole message of balance and moderation and finding a sustainable way of eating, those aren't really sexy messages. You know, people want like lose 20 pounds in two days people go for that because the quick fix does sound very appealing but the reality is that there's a lot of fine print that most people don't get a chance to read i'd say
0: i want to welcome the woman that helps inspire many of my kitchen adventures a powerhouse entrepreneur and has the best pancake recipe on the internet tori wesser I have been wanting to chat with you and talk food for quite some time, and I'm so glad that we finally made this happen. Me too. I've, <laughs> so I've done my research. What I wanted to highlight a little bit right now is your Instagram stories, and they show how incredibly kind you are, and with such a, what a big heart you have, um, especially with some of your work for mamas for mamas. And most recently, I am not going to lie, I did it did bring tears to my eyes. Your Remembrance Day delivery which it, it did touch me. And um, thank you for sharing that with all of us. So tell me about Tori outside of Fresh Nutrition.
1: Yeah, I um, had an emotional weekend, actually, just because we somewhat recently in July, lost our granny. So we called her Boomba. It was the kids gave her that name. I'm oh, so sorry to Thank hear. you. Thank you. And yeah, it was a big loss for our family. You know, family's a big thing. So when you ask about me outside of work, I mean, a lot of it is family. Um, you may be familiar with my cousin Jillian, who's, um, you know, quite a presence on social media. And mm-hmm. and she is in the exact same boat, same with all of our cousins. Like, we just are very, very much about family. So, um, of course, losing our grandma was a really difficult thing. So and this weekend, we I decided to honor her uh, for Remembrance Day. And I knew there were veterans at the facility, like the uh, the place that she lived. And so we thought I'd take the boys and you know teach them a little bit about about you know meeting a veteran and and giving back anyway. So we brought some flowers, a whole whack of uh, bouquets just to give to them and some of grandma's friends and anyone who was maybe having a bad day. But, yeah, I don't know. i just I like the simple things in life i was I was raised with like a really rock solid family. My parents are just really amazing people, and we grew up just doing very simple things. I was baking ever since I could remember. And I've always just loved, you know, little crafts and artsy things. And um, I don't know, organizing very simple things. So I, I just, yeah, families kind of everything to me and, and my friends and I have a, a love for anything French and anything kind of like pretty in design and whatnot. So I, I just feel like it's a real big gift that I get to do what I do for work. And speaking of,
0: you are a registered dietitian. You're a food blogger, most recent cookbook author. How do you balance all this? I mean, you're a mom of two young boys and an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the word balance is a little bit of, I don't know, it's a bit of a catchy word these days just because, you know, it's, I I don't know if I really love it to be quite honest, because I think it gives us this sense of like being perfect. That if you're balanced, it means like you're feeling like on top of it at all times and you've got it all like dialed in. And let me tell you, there's no such thing as perfect, even as perfect as someone's life may look on Instagram. I promise you that there is no such thing, so my life is no exception. I don't think I necessarily you know do an amazing job of balancing it all, but I really try to focus on what's most important in that moment, and you know I think it's there's no doubt when you're a mom you you feel that all of your energy and time really should be invested in your children, but then there's these other parts of you that do need to be nurtured, and I think that just doing that does set a good example for your children as well so for me, I just try to you know, make sure that my energy is put where it's best spent. And I've tried to, it's really not natural for me, but to outsource things when I can. And you know, just invest my time in the things that really matter. And sometimes that's making cookies with the kids and sometimes it's writing a blog post.
0: And I love how you answered that because Instagram's a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. What are some of the resources that have helped you along the way?
1: Well, I think people are the biggest resource and I, I think it's important to just to remember to lean on people, to have mentors. And I've certainly had, you know, a handful of people that have really influenced me throughout my life. So I, I definitely feel that that is the biggest resource for sure. And then I think there's like, you know, just things online. I started my blog in 2014 with not a single solitary clue how to blog but i thought i'm like oh, i don't know like other people are doing this it can't be that difficult so i i fumbled my way through wordpress and and put this um you know rather ugly looking blog now in retrospect looking back on it oh you um,
0: mastered wordpress oh, I did not
1: master it my friend no 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 mastery there it was a imperfect action is better than perfect inaction moment so i just put it out to the world i posted a uh, a uh, very unattractive looking lettuce wraps, and then I just like I, that was it. So I think you know there's there's certainly no lack of information on the internet, which can be daunting as well. I think never before has there been so much information available to us. Um, it's just I think it's very very overwhelming. But my cousin Jillian has been an, an incredible resource to me. She started blogging far before I did. So I've really looked to her for a lot of inspiration and just, you know, guidance. And she's just such a gem of a person. I mean, in the kitchen bar none, my, my grandma was definitely our inspiration there. So yeah, I've, I've had, you know, my friend Patricia, who's a dietitian. She took me under her wing at a very young age before I was officially a dietitian and has really been an amazing guidance to me. My mom has been incredible. I look at, you know, people like Jamie Oliver and you know, you know, Gartner. Oh, I like, love him. Yeah. There's yeah. just like so many people, and you know, Martha Stewart and oh, just like, there's such a, so many incredible people in the world just kind of killing it. So yeah, some of the people I get to work with really closely like my family and other people I get to like kind of look up to and hopefully one day meet.
0: Okay. Rapid fire. Pantry, fridge, oven. Which do you clean first? Oh, pantry. Oh yeah. I'm so working
1: yeah. on that. I hate cleaning my oven. I hate it. It's awful. (laughs) It's the worst job in the world, honestly.
0: (laughs) Tell me how you really feel about the cleaning. Yeah, let's talk about (laughs) this. There's nothing bad about this. This is like a full, like, it's awful. It's awful. I can't stand it. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) What is your least used kitchen gadget?
1: Oh, let me think about that. Probably, it's funny, it's not even a gadget, but probably my knife sharpener because I'm just, I just like never make the time to do something like that. But like,
0: yeah. (laughs) that's true. I I didn't think of that
1: one. (laughs) Or my ricer. My ricer you know, how often do you, yeah. do you, like, I don't rice my potatoes for mashed potatoes. Who has time for that? So I just, like, I'll do it when I, you know, make gnocchi, but like, that's really basically about it. So
0: honestly, I tried ricing. Well, I do it. I do it with my mashed potatoes, but I can't stand there and just kind of run them through the ricer. Yeah. So I usually call my husband like Frank. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else who has more patience for it. Right. Yeah. If you had to create the, the 10 kitchen commandments, what would they be?
1: Oh, uh clean up after yourself as ironic as that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh. Um watch your I'll give you five. Yeah, watch watch <laughs> your fingers. Use like use the guard on the microblade. Uh we definitely had an incident this not too long ago. Yeah. Keep the sharp objects, like you know, blades and all that, away from the mm-hmm. edge, because I have young kids. And when you don't have kids, you don't think about stuff like that, or so like turning the the handles of the pan inside. A lot of them are safety just because I'm so darn clumsy, to be honest. Kind of general stuff, like cover up the food when you put it in the fridge. Mm That drives me bananas when that happens. And like something gets
0: thrown out because it wasn't covered up properly. What is an unforgettable sin in your kitchen? An unforgettable. Unforgivable. Jeez. Oh,
1: (laughs) oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Unforgivable sin in the kitchen. I feel like Unnecessary waste drives me bananas, yes. just drives me bananas. I was, grow- I, I was brought up in a family that you just don't waste wherever possible. So I'm just con- I, like, I'm a ninja about it. And when I have to throw something out, I almost cry.
0: So I wanted to bring up Mamas for Mamas. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, what is Mamas for Mamas?
1: Yeah. So they were founded, they were basically out of a garage. So Shannon Christensen is the founder of Mamas for Mamas, and she recognized a need of the community for uh, mamas, like for moms, but well, also for dads. For just people that were really struggling and falling through the cracks, and so she started up this organization where she would reach out and give support, whether it was a box of diapers. And Shannon didn't have a lot, you know. She'd say the same thing. It's not like Shannon was like this wealthy mom. She really had some struggles of her own, and she the tenacity and the passion that she has for this cause is just like a truly unprecedented. It's really amazing and t- contagious. So. She just started this up and, and, and started helping community, and of course, when you're doing something so good for the community, it started to catch on and, and she continues to help so many without judgment of any sort. you know if you need help, she's there for you and um, even if you pull up in a Mercedes, if you need help, you need help, and the help might, might, might come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes so so yeah there's, there's a whole lot. you can go Google Mamas for Mamas they're expanding across Canada, and I know that they're in Toronto now, I think, which is exceptional, and in Alberta so I'm yeah they're doing you're going to hear a lot more about them, but they're doing some great things for our community. I started off with getting a dietetic intern at the time, and uh, her and I went in and taught cooking lessons with Start fresh kitchen and so that was really fun. It was in their kitchen. This is like a community kind of a community kitchen, but really nice, and these this couple, Michael and Sarah, own it and run it, and they're just exceptional people. so we just we just started talking and like cooking and we'd cook a dinner together and we would all eat it together and Some people would bring a baby in and, you know, we'd have a little glass of wine, you know, and, and just talk about, you know, nutrition and talk about life and, and food and answer questions. And it was, yeah. So I think that's where I started to get involved and I feel like there's no lack of need in the community and you can get involved on any scale. It can be as small as donating a can of beans to, to donating half of your time to an organization that's, there's uh, no act is too small.
0: Yeah, that's great. And like you said, it takes one small act of kindness to make a world of difference.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe it's just something like um,
0: smiling at the cashier when you're getting groceries instead of looking at your phone. I mean, oh, my gosh, I started doing this. Mm -hmm. I started randomly and they probably thought I was nuts, but I would just smile at people.
1: (laughs) I do the same thing. People do think you're crazy. Yeah, Yeah, my seven year old, he looks at me. He's like, why would you smile? Why just do you know that person, mom? I'm like, no, I don't. But I I just want them to see that when you talk to someone, you look at them in the eye. When you, you know, not that I always nail it in the peasant's department. But yeah, I think it is a really nice surprise gesture to just look at someone random on the street and smile.
0: That's Tori Wesser. Her Instagram feed features stunning whitewash backdrops with mouth-watering dishes. She's a registered dietitian, food blogger, cookbook author, and mom of two adorable boys. So was becoming a registered dietitian always your plan?
1: No, no, I actually had no clue what I was, was going to do. I always knew I wanted to go to university, so I was so eager. I, like, I went early to do this like crazy organizing orientation, just to go early when I went to UVic. So I went to Uvic in Victoria for two years, and I took some sciences and some French and some some artsy stuff, and I didn't quite know what I was going to do. But I knew I really enjoyed food. I took this one course on nutrition, and it piqued my interest. And I thought, you know, I thought maybe I'd go into into be a doctor, but I I didn't quite know. So, you know, medicine interested me as well. But I uh, I decided to take the summer off. And possibly the year off, and I went to France to take a course uh, in French at a university over the summer. I just went by myself, and and what, before I went, I applied to UBC for the dietetics program. I thought, you know what? I'll just see what happens in the universe. So I, I threw it out there. I said to my mom, of course, this is the before cell phones, before any of that, um, before you know, computers even. Uh, when least, the pager was around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't feel like it was Morse <laughs> code days for goodness sakes. but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So I said, like, listen, like, I'll call you from these random pay phones. Right. But like, let me know if I, if I get a letter of acceptance. And so I was traveling through Europe and, and my mom, I happened to talk to her one day and she's like, you got, you got the letter you got in. And so I decided to come back early and, and the rest is history. So yeah, I kind of like, I didn't necessarily fall into it. Nutrition's always been a very interesting topic to me, but, but, um, but yeah, I just, I,
0: I think that's just kind of changed my trajectory of my career. Registered dietitian. What's the one common myth about your profession or field? I mean, that you want to debunk. Oh, there's so many, but I think that when people think of a dietitian, they think of like white lab coats
1: and the you know Canada's Food Guide, the tr- traditional you know food groups, and just very you know very strict. And and I think that there's there's some really amazing dietitians doing some really incredible things. I could literally list a gazillion of them, but you know, I think that. Um, I think dietitians are are not what you know a lot of people picture. They are an incredibly reliable source of information. You know, when you see RD behind someone's name, that you know it certainly is a a very reliable, credible source of information. That they you know they've done their research. They are upheld to a very high standard within the college. So, I I just think that um, you know people should turn to dietitians a, a lot because there is you know, for information, because there's so much information when it comes to nutrition. It's really overwhelming. And, you know, everyone's an expert. And, you know, there's, I think there's so many conflicting things and it's really, really, really difficult to weed through it. And I think it's very overwhelming, which is why a lot of people just kind of throw up their hands and and either try a gazillion things and fail
0: or, or just don't try at all. And I think that's why it's so important to for people to look for individuals who have those letters behind their name. If you're taking that type of nutrition advice, Because nowadays online, everyone's an expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And the amount of information that you're getting is, I mean, again, this is something that I'm so passionate about because it drives me insane when people are dealing out advice that they're really not qualified to do. And you're misleading these young people Mm -hmm. into thinking, you know, a lot of it, even with the keto diet and the whole bit, it's just they're not giving you the whole story, the whole picture here. Mm Mm-hmm. They're just giving you one portion of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the whole message of balance and moderation, and you know, of like finding a sustainable way of eating.
0: Those, exactly, are, those aren't yeah. really
1: sexy messages. You know, people want like lose twenty pounds in two days. Like that sounds exactly. And so people people go for that because it's 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 there's this appeal to it, and I, I get it. Like the quick fix does sound very appealing, but the you know the the reality is that. Yeah, there's a lot more to these messages and you know the keto diet might fit for some people but there's a lot of fine print that, that most people don't get a chance to
0: read i'd say well you mentioned your cookbook fresh food full hearts what's your favorite memory related to some of the recipes in the cookbook
1: yeah yeah so the whole premise of the cookbook is to allow for flexibility so we know that our family isn't so unlike other families where you know, we have three people in our family who have celiac disease you know, a couple of people who are at any time leaning into a vegan diet or plant-based diet. You know, um, some people are, are doing carb-free. Like, it's a bit of a, a nightmare. We always joke that if someone develops a nut allergy in the family, they're actually kicked out. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, no, no, it can only take so much. But, but okay, so we have nut-free um, alternatives in the cookbook too. So we decided we'd put a cookbook out that could be flexed so that that the essence would be about about celebrating and family and those feel good meals that we grew up with and some of the ones that we've added along the years from Jillian and I, Mm -hmm. from our kitchens. But yeah, we, so for instance, our grandma's beet rolls, um, they are, they're amazing. A lot of people, most people haven't had them, but they are bread dough and it's white, you know, full disclosure here. And uh, so white bread and you take the bread dough and you wrap it up in a beet leaf and then you put it in a little grease casserole and you line them all up and you let them rise. Then you pour copious amounts of whipping cream and a little bit of salt over them. And you bake them and they're absolutely insanely delicious. So we put oh the gosh. like, yeah, they're really, really good, but clearly you, they're not an everyday food.
0: So no, I just drooled on my mic. <laughs> I
1: love it. Yeah. So we put the real deal in there. We put the like, Hey, here's how grandma made it. Um, and then we put uh, a vegan, you know, spin on it and that you could make it vegan. and Here's how. So, so yeah, I think that we, we definitely gave options. We tried to lighten the the caloric and, and nutritional load, if you will, whenever possible on the recipes, but um, but sometimes we just left it just as is. Like my auntie Peggy's chocolate cake, it's it's just a real deal, man. It's sinful there's if you want to messing with that. Yeah, you, yeah, my auntie Peggy always says, <laughs> "Just some things don't mess with." She said it in a much more interesting <laughs> way, but, um, but I think it's I think it's true. Like there's just some things that you just you know what? I think we've gotten so phobic about food. And This is a whole other tangent for probably a whole other podcast. But I just think there's just some times when you're It's a birthday party or a special occasion. You have the piece of chocolate cake. You sit down. You Mm -hmm. enjoy it. You're present, and you're and you like you don't feel guilty about it. And so that's that's my food philosophy right there.
0: I love that you said that, and this is coming from a registered dietitian, folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) absolutely. I think everything can fit. So I think when we start feeling guilty about it, that's how we
0: make that fit. Oh yeah,
1: totally, totally.
0: Yeah. No, I tried telling my aunt that the same. So I'm gonna mix, you know. Only half a cup of butter. She says, I said a cup. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know.
1: My <laughs> grandma got, used to get stressed right out when I'd use light cream on something versus whipping cream. Like, she would actually chronic call me, going, okay, what did you use? Did you use light cream? You did, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, maybe Baba's in the are, are rolling in their grave looking at the cookbook and all the substitutions that we made, but whatever, you
0: know. <laughs> We're doing our best, yeah. I know you have many recipes. I'm my myself. I love your pancakes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I am like completely addicted to them. Anyone who will listen to me, I pass on your recipe. I'm like, you gotta go get this recipe. They're ridiculously good. Um, but do you have a signature recipe that you'd like?
1: Well, okay, this is gonna sound awful as well, but um, so I make. A, I also have a white bun recipe that is, it's, it's a really easy recipe to follow. We make it, so I make it in like, in its like pure form, if you will, like the old fashioned way a few times a year, but most of the other times a year, I just make it with whole wheat or spelt flour. And it's just, there's something so cathartic about making bread. I just love it. But that recipe, same as like, so do I. Yeah. Ooh. Like, it's just people like, Oh, can I use my kitchen? I'm like, you can, but like, but don't, you know, you just, just gotta like to get in there. There's something about, <laughs> So I'm like, I'm like that nerd <laughs> that brings my, like my dough around to my husband and my kids. I'm like, feel this bread, feel this dough. It feels so good. It's so perfect. It's like so satisfying. They're like, looking at me like I'm absolutely lost my mind. So, um, yeah, i say like making your own bread again, like you just certainly, I don't advocate making like the white version all the time, but, um, but yeah, making your own bread is just so cathartic and, and actually not so daunting. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Pancakes definitely is like a, a staple, the kids in the neighborhood come over and Charlie's friends and, uh, we make them, you know, almost every single weekend. So
0: what are you curious or passionate about right now?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious about what the future holds with, you know, with, with how we learn and how we engage. And, and also I'll be honest, I've been really curious lately about how, how we really connect. I'll first, Preface this by saying I do feel a genuine sense of connection with my my community. I just, I I feel like I have such a great group of people that follow me and I feel very blessed. But one thing I do worry about is is just our sense of our false sense of connection, how there's this expectation, and not necessarily for people like me in their 40s and whatnot, but like maybe for the generation that are growing up with this and you know, have the phones glued to their faces that that this disillusionment that, that, you know, social media might replace an actual genuine connection, you know, face to face and, um, or even the phone, you know? So I'm really curious to see what the future holds when it comes to where our society is going and, and how we're going to bridge that gap. And, and if these old fashioned values that I feel very passionate about, you know, just like making your own food from scratch, growing a garden, um, you know, having coffee with a friend, like if all these like old fashioned values will kind of make a bit of resurgence. I mean, I hope they do. But that's I'm, I, I'm yeah, I'm kind of curious
0: about that these days. I think it is up to us in the 40s to kind of push that and to to reconnect. I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe it's a big task to take on. Um, I'm also in my 40s and I just really, really try and push onto people that that connection. Yeah. To step away from the texting back and forth. Yeah pick yeah, up exactly. that phone.
1: Exactly. I have a kind of a rule if there's more than like three texts back and forth, they pick up the phone and call. And yeah, it's just this, yeah, there's just some things that face-to-face communication, you know, can yes. you just can't replace it.
0: And do you have a kitchen confession that you'd like to share with us or can share with us? Well, a lot of people are hesitant, oh, so I should yeah. remove the like oh, to share. I'll
1: tell you <laughs> anything, honestly. Yeah. I, like I'm actually a really, 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 really messy cook and I've gotten better over the years, but Oh, he's used to joke. If you have ever watched the Muppet Show and seen the Swedish Chef off the Muppet <laughs> yeah. Show? And he's like, work, 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 and he's like, stuff is flying everywhere. And there's like literally, like, that's kind of me. Charles looks at sometimes saying, "What happened? Like, what? How? How did you do this?" So I'm better now. Um, Charles is quite a clean cook. He's a, he's an incredible cook. Uh, my husband. So so yeah, that's I guess that's my my kitchen confession. I, I just I can I can you know blame it on the kids because they have the kids and in- oh look at the mess the kids made, but it's actually me. I mean, they're they're probably really clean next to me
0: they're just looking at you like what
1: What has happened to mom (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) oh man i love that so um where can our listeners connect with you online so on instagram it's uh fresh nutrition and we there's going to be a a change
1: in handles by the time this actually comes to fruition so fresh living is going to be the new handle we're we're rebranding uh it's not to say that fresh nutrition is going to be going away forever, but for now, just because the, the brand has grown to be so much more than just nutrition. So at fresh nutrition as F R A I C H E and then living of course. And then it will be the same on the other social media handles. Um, I think it's fresh food right now on Twitter and Facebook. And, um, and then the blog is going to be, again, there'll be a redirect. So you can do uh, freshnutrition.com or fresh But again, it's F R A I C H E. And then either nutrition or living will get you to the same place. And, uh, and that's where you can find me.
0: One topic Tori and I did not get to discuss was her recent collaboration with The Cross Decor and Design Fresh Kitchen. It was a collaboration with her, Jillian Harris, and The Cross Design where they curated some home accessories, uh, some really cute ornaments, and home decor. So if you get a chance, pop over, take a look, and I do believe they do deliver, so you can order online. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew and I'm Mary Mammoliti. See you at the next episode.